Welcome to Content Insiders, brought to you by Acrolinks, the AI-powered platform that eliminates content chaos and delivers strategy-aligned content at enterprise scale. For more information on Acrolinks, stay tuned until the end of this broadcast or visit us at www.acrolinks.com. In this first episode of Content Insiders, Acrolinks CMO Chris Willis, that's me, will speak with Season 1 host, Acrolinks CEO Volk Schmid, about the reasons behind the series, the idea of content as an asset in the enterprise, and what you can expect as this season plays out. Stay tuned to the end to meet all of this season's guests. Good morning, or afternoon, or wherever you might be. My name is Chris Willis. I'm the Chief Marketing Officer at Acrolinks. Um, we're here today kicking off episode one of Content Insiders. Uh, essentially, what we're setting out to do is have great conversations about content as an asset in businesses uh, across the world. And when you think about what we're really setting out to do, um, we as a business deal with content every day, uh, product content, service support content, marketing, sales, corporate communications, and it's a big deal. Content is everywhere. Content is on everyone's mind, which is interesting when you think that when we have conversations that go very deep with our prospects and customers, uh, the concept of how much content is worth to them seems somewhat confusing. Um, the idea of content as a thing of value is, in a lot of cases, not immediately picked up. Uh, we don't understand how much we spend, for instance, on content because it's a thing people do. Um, so how do we value something that just happens in our business? And, and what we're setting out to do, I think, this season is to identify how businesses look at their content and understand that content and the value of that content. Um, hosting this season is our CEO, Volker Schmidt. Volker, welcome. Thank you, Chris. And for you, it's good morning. It's uh, a nice afternoon, actually, here in Germany. We have a rare piece of sunshine out there. Um, Really excited to be the host of the show and uh, directly in response uh, to what you said, Chris, I would fully agree. It's, there's a thing with content, right? If you look at today's dimension, I think simply said, Google looks at 1.7 billion commercial websites that contain 60 billion URLs or pages. And that estate has grown over the past 10, 15, 20 years to that degree. And we consumers from the demand side, we conduct about 4.5 billion searches on Google alone every day, let alone the other search engines like Baidu or Yandex or others. And so if you look at this, there's an enormous amount of demand for content. There's a huge pool of content created over time. But the real question is, what's the value of all of this? And the value is I think one of the manifest of value is we as users, as consumers of content, because if we search for content and we find content, what we then assess consciously or unconsciously is, okay, how clear is the content? How well does it resonate with what I look for and search for? Um, does it hit a reasonable tone and the tone of voice of the brand that I'm expecting? Is it emotional or is it rather rational? And in essence, does it really connect with what I needed when I conducted the search? And if the answer of all of this is a yes, then this is an engaging factor with the brand that I'm just 
being exposed to. And that has a value because over time, the more content I consume from this brand, the more I get connected. So it creates brand loyalty um, and something that others would describe as authority of something. Does this company really speak honestly and with full knowledge about what they write about? Mm -hmm. And I think if that's all a yes, then this content has a tremendous amount of value because it, need, it leads into lead generation, into revenue opportunities, or into retention opportunities. So all of this is, everybody would agree, has a ton of value. And then there's a second and a third dimension to the value of content that I always look at and assess. And that's the last, I think, two minutes I talked about the beauty of content. And now let's think about, let's say, a typical life science company. They have about 2.5 million pages on their website. And on 95% of their pages, they talk about their products. If you don't govern this content so that you are not exposed in terms of legal risk, content can really turn out to be a risk to your enterprise. Because if you have confusing content in the life science company, if you have confusing content in a national mortgage company, that creates not well governed to a ton of hidden, mostly hidden risk. And then the third dimension is adoption of product and services. Whenever we purchase a product or a service and we are looking for content that helps us to use the product, the better the product content is, the more we will be engaged with the product or service and the higher the likelihood is that we return a positive NPS, at least a positive relational NPS. So every angle that I look at a content creates an enormous view on value of this content, sometimes positive, sometimes negative. But whenever I talk to company leaders and ask them, so what do you think is your value of the content? how much content do you have and how much has it cost to create? The normal response of that is uh, three times, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, it gets me every time. Um, I fall for the same trap that our customers fall for, is when you think about the budget that you have for the creation of content, especially as a marketer, um, I have a line item budget that covers, for instance, agency work. I don't have a line item budget that covers all of the other content that I'm creating over the course of the year. So when I look at an estimated value of my content, it seems very inflated because I don't have that line item, mm -hmm. but it's not, it's actually what I'm spending in both that dollar amount and the people around me because everybody in my organization is included in my content creation. I have an actual content team um, not so much writers, but managers, but they're writing content. I write content, you write content. All of that plays towards the entire asset that we're building in our business. And we need to start thinking that way. And I think one of the things, I mean, you talked about product, you talked about risk, you talked about um, NPS. And as we look at the season um, of content insiders that's going to come, I mean, the conversations that we're going to be having with, for instance, Citrix um, and how they work with, the, the, with their content uh, to drive essentially their CSAT. 
So their customer effort score um, and their mm -hmm. annual customer survey is affected by the quality of their content. Um, when we think about Nestle um, and the creation of product information that's used internally across 300,000 people, the importance of consistency and clarity of that content, that's really valuable content. But all of this comes to companies like Philips, where this is actually life-saving content. We'll be talking mm -hmm. to Philips in episode seven about their life-saving content, the importance and value of that content that they have. Um, and that really uncovers, you know, beyond just a dollar amount, the, the real value of the words that they're creating in their business and how every thought has to be put into how to make that maximize. Yeah. I think I'm really looking forward to the series of interviews and, and, and really excited to have the opportunity to talk about all these aspects with people that really care about content and have true insight every day, inside out. And at the end, getting closer to the answer of a question or one dimension of the answer of the question is, once again, going back to the hypothetical 2.5 million pages, if each one of these pages has cost $2,500 to create it over time, the total cost of creation is 6.2 billion. 6.25 billion to be precise. That's an enormous investment. And yep. every CFO would ask, okay, what's my return? Mm -hmm. What's the lifetime value of the assets? And so I think our joint vision and as part of the industry has to become that over time, content is holistically governed and managed like a supply chain. Supply chain does have turnover. Supply chain does have efficiency metrics that everybody tries to achieve, right? And with every piece of stock that you have in your supply chain, there's an associated value that is even represented in the balance sheet. But the 6.25 billion that you have invested into your content does not appear anywhere. Neither on the PL as a line item, as you said, and many others would confirm, nor on the balance sheet. But it still has a very specific unquantified value. So let's get closer to the real question. What's the value of the content? If you govern it right, how can I prevent risk with content governance? And how can I make sure that I have a positive adoption user experience whenever my product or service is being deployed anywhere? So I think these are the three streams that we are going to look at. Absolutely. And if you don't start at that level, it makes everything below it very difficult to talk about. So if you start a conversation, and so we're obviously a vendor, uh, and when I'm talking to a prospect, one of the things that we would like to talk about is efficiency. We'll help you save money with your content creation. And the question comes, great, what money? <laughs> yeah. Like, Show me where I'm spending money and then show me how you save it. And if we can't get to that top of the value pyramid and, and be able to work with a company to help them understand the asset that they've created, all the downstream is, is a non-starter. And mm. I think if you start with that total value of the asset, so that's 6.5 billion in total value of the asset, now it's about having those conversations about maximizing that. Yeah. And that's where we start seeing the drop down into the day-to-day -day KPIs that the different parts of the organization are managing against. But you can't start there. You can't say, 
if you create better content, you're gonna save money and get higher CSAT. That's, there's a million people in the business that are working to do those two things. Yeah. First level is, this is the scope of your problem. Now let's maximize that. And I think that's, that's the exciting thing for me. It's the, the hidden piece in the conversation is you have a billion dollar asset. Did you know that? <laughs> now let's make it more valuable. Yeah. And I mean, like you say, of that billion, maybe some percent is managed and some percent is the wild west. And you know, we'll be talking to a, a person from a mortgage department at a major North, uh, North American bank over the course of this season. And one of the things that he has said to me is that they are all about managing that risk. So mm -hmm. there is 10% of the content in their repositories that is actively managed and audited. There's 90% that's not. Mm -hmm. How do we keep ourselves out of situations that would get the business in trouble? Yeah. And that, that's part of the management of the overall asset. Yeah. I would almost bet, Chris, back to the point that you made about the efficiency gains. Uh, it's great to save 20% on creating content. But I think those enterprises that have truly internalized the value of content and govern it, their response will be, let's create 20% more content with the same value. Mm -hmm. Because the, the value gain that you have in relation to the efficiency gain is a lot, lot higher. So rather than going for the efficiency, which is always option number one, those enterprises that have a true vision about value of content will always go for let's create more fast to increase the value chain of my content. Or, or yes, I agree, but also the idea of making that content perform better. So we think, I mean, specifically in marketing, I've got two things that I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about findability of content. I'm thinking about content conversion. And so being able to take those assets that I have available to me, make them more valuable by making them more findable, so driving more traffic, increasing eyeballs, and then creating better content, which would mean clear, consistent, scannable, um, using the right terminology and the right tone of voice that creates increased conversion on page so that my content in my asset is more valuable towards my end goal, which is either dollars in or leads created. Hmm. Uh, that becomes a whole other string of conversation. Great. So really looking forward to this. Get some insight, get some of our messages out and have some fun. This is going to be a great season. Um, everybody watching right now, uh, this is episode one. Uh, season one has 10 episodes. Um, so stay tuned. We'll be publishing on a weekly basis. And then this will be av available online for binge watching, uh, Netflix style, as much as you would like. Uh, season two is already starting in production. So uh, thanks for joining us. And we hope you stick with the season. Volker, thank you very much for hosting and uh, excited to see where you go with this. Thank you, Chris. Coming this season on Content Insiders, Cruz Saunders from A, Sarah Gilbertson Lay from Subzero, Harry McGowan from a leading national bank, Beth Pollock from Citrix, Gracie Flores from Nestle. 
Burke Prusa and Danny Fleck from Philips Healthcare, Dominic McAleenan from Ericsson, Jason O'Donnell from IBM, and Colleen Jones from Content Science. As is the trend, like and subscribe. There's lots more to come. Meet Peter Page. He's just your average piece of enterprise content, ready to engage, educate, and convert your target audience. But in the process of getting to your audience, your content has to pass through different teams and layers of approval. If your enterprise doesn't have a practice of active content governance, things can get messy. Content chaos happens when your content has a different style, tone, or terminology, depending on who writes it and where it is written. Maybe your content lacks a native level fluency or different teams use different words and phrases to describe your product to consumers. Content chaos slows down your content release schedule, impacts your budget, your brand awareness, and your revenue. That's where Acrolinks comes in. Our platform captures the way your enterprise communicates, aligns your content with your guidelines, and analyzes the performance of your entire content operation. We're an AI-powered platform that solves content chaos and delivers strategy-aligned content at scale. It supports development and product teams to write fluent, simple documentation and UI strings with maximum efficiency. Helps your marketing teams write consistent, engaging content for different target audiences across different channels. And gives customer success teams more time to create knowledge articles and support content that customers can find and understand. Using the power of active content governance, Acrolinks manages content chaos, so clear content gets to the right audience faster. Unify your content creators, experience efficient content creation at scale, and deliver better content faster with Acrolinks. Contact us at www.acrolinks.com.